You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. With me is Layla Mutin, who is our resident nutritionist. Together, we field your questions and also enjoy your comments sent to questions at drhoffman.net. So let's hear the next question. We've got an email from Nicole, my seven-year-old daughter, developed a wart on the palm of her hand. What causes warts? What vitamins should I give her to fight the wart and prevent infection again? Currently, I'm applying a 40% salicylic acid Mm -hmm. pad Mm -hmm. onto the wart. Yeah, that's okay. So, uh, what causes warts? That is a question that could be posed to chat GPT, (coughs) and they'd come up with a pretty good answer, because it's a straightforward thing, is the warts are caused by a virus. Mm. You know that, but what's interesting is that we may be all, we may be continually exposed to this virus. Yeah, but we don't all develop warts. Right, all over our bodies. Mm-hmm. But people who are very immunosuppressed may develop more warts. Mm. And uh, HPV, human papillomavirus, which can sometimes transform to, transform to cancer, is you know an example of that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a different type of uh, virus that causes, it's a papillomavirus that causes warts, but not HPV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so don't worry that your daughter has a venereal disease on her hand, you know. But what's interesting about kids is that they do have a kind of a, a, a less robust immunity, and sometimes they'll outgrow it. Yeah. And she's seven. So once you reach puberty, Adolescence, your immune system kicks in a little stronger, mm. and these things can go away. Warts are notoriously hard to get rid of mm. uh, because they you can burn them off, you can you know cut them out, you can freeze them, them, you can apply salicylic acid, which is kind of an irritant, which yeah. uh, softens them, and then you can use like a pumice stone or something like that, and you can mm-hmm. just take off the softened tissue. And they'll grow back. Yeah. They'll often grow back. Uh, so when it comes to nutrition, uh, there's a couple of things that we think of. Um, I, zinc is often low in kids. So giving her a little bit of zinc, you know, a seven-year-old, maybe giving her 15 or 20 milligrams of zinc 
would not be bad. Mm -hmm. That's the amount of zinc in a zinc lozenge. Yeah. So you can give, you know, a way to get it into a seven-year-old is not necessarily with a pill, but you can give her one lozenge lozenge. per day to suck on to, you know, boost her immunity. Um, When it comes to HPV, there's some evidence that green tea is helpful. Uh, That's analogous to warts. I don't know if there have been studies on warts per se, whether uh, EGCG from green tea is helpful. And kids don't like to drink green tea. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be something that can be used. Um, Everybody has their own favorite wart remedy, you know. So uh, maybe we'll elicit some of people's success stories with warts, what they've tried, home remedies for warts. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also um, uh, some evidence that, um, what's that uh, uh, brassicans extract called? Uh, not I3C, the other one. Um, IP6? IP, no, not no, 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 no. Uh, Indole 3. Carbonyl, car- yeah. Indole 3 carbonyl. Uh, that there's some uh, antiviral effect of hmm. that or. Uh, what about something like HCC? Or well, other HCC, mushrooms? yeah. I mean, that a mushroom yeah. type extract, you know, is it appropriate for children. I think it would, you know, using a small dose, so that would be something worth trying. Okay. Yeah. HCC is also, you're right, it actually has been proven helpful in uh, sometimes in conditions of uh, cervical atypia mm. due to human papillomavirus. So yeah, HCC is a good thing. Um, okay. All right. But certainly not to fret over it, right? Yeah. I or, mean, I think it's quite yeah. normal and mm-hmm. not, you know, sign of like some dire immunosuppression. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole has another question. Actually, she says, I get canker sores inside my mouth. What vitamins can I take to prevent yeah. canker sores? Well, it sounds like it sounds like, you know, like the tree doesn't fall or the apple doesn't yeah. fall very far from the tree. Canker sores are also viral. Yes. And so uh, they're usually caused uh, by a different virus. You know, they, it's herpes type 1. Yeah. Uh, not the venereal disease type herpes, but um, you can also use uh, zinc lozenges in the mm-hmm. mouth. You can also, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the same things apply, you know, maybe some AHCC. Yeah. Um, canker sores. Also, may- they could be a sign of an, an intolerance to something. Canker sores can also be a sign of, of a gluten intolerance sometimes. Um, what is the fine line, Dr. Hoffman, between somebody getting canker sores often to somebody having Bichette's. Is Bichette's oh, an ulcer? That's an autoimmune disease of the mouth. That's like t- very, okay. you know, Really, very bad uh, ulcerations in the mouth. Yes. Okay, yeah. not canker sores, yeah. but Have you seen Bichette's? It's interesting you know about Bichette's I've, as a no, nutritionist. No, I remember early it's on. It's a rare disease. I've seen it in when, during my medical training. I haven't seen it in clinical practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember... It, it's like like Bichette's it's like canker sores from hell, ago. you know, yeah. like really bad. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, gluten may be a thing. You know, take care of your immune system. Be- of course, besides acidic food, uh, acidic food doesn't cause canker sores. Acidic foods irritate canker mm-hmm. sores. You don't want to put, you know, an or- you don't want to eat an orange or drink any kind of citrus or lemon or anything like that. Could nuts be a problem because of their high arginine? Yes. Kind of, kind of thing. Nuts have a lot of arginine. You so could put you on a low arginine diet. Yeah, yeah, low arginine diet. The top mm-hmm. arginine foods are nuts, chocolate, corn, mm. and Brussels sprouts. Okay. So people, but you know, we don't want you to stop eating Brussels sprouts. We don't want you to have, you know, 
some cocktail peanuts followed by a steak with Brussels sprouts and an ear of corn and then a chocolate dessert. That could become a whole lot of arginine. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of arginine right, right there. Right. So you may want to balance that with taking some L-lysine. Yep. Which is lysine also is also antiviral. Antiviral, good mm -hmm. for immunity. And it's the ratio of lysine to arginine uh, that that's beneficial. So you want to be having more lysine than arginine. You know what's interesting about arginine? You, we know that there are... The pirate vitamin. Yeah, arginine. Arginine. There are nine essential amino acids, but there's a tenth one if you're a baby, and it's arginine. Oh. Which is very interesting. Oh. Yeah. So it, the babies are incapable of manufacturing arginine. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, Nicole. Thank you for your question. Oh, this is an inter interesting question. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. How safe is deuterium depleted water? And are there any health benefits? So this this harkens back to my, you know, I'm a history buff and a World War II buff, and there was like these all kinds of uh, of uh, commando operations against the German heavy water plants in Norway. Uh -huh. For some reason, making heavy water requires like a lot of hydroelectric power, and Norway had a lot of hydroelectric power, and it was occupied by the Germans, and they were able to make heavy water, which was a prelude to making the bomb. Ah. It was a race for, to develop the bomb. The Germans were, you know, uh, they didn't really prioritize the bomb enough. Yeah. You know, but it would have been crazy if the Germans had developed a bomb before we developed the bomb, because they would have had no restraint about using the bomb. Yeah. So there was yeah. all kinds of sabotage that was going on where... Uh, they tried to uh, infiltrate commandos, and they had like bombing missions to destroy the hydroelectric plants that were making the heavy water. Whatever. This is historical sidelight. Yeah. So now we're talking about not deuterium enhanced water, heavy water. Yeah. We're talking about light water. Deuterium, deuterium depleted. Depleted water. Yes. And I don't know. Which what, is like a little less hydrogen or I something mean, like that. I mean, excuse me, but I'm not, you know, uh, Werner Heisenberg. You know, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I'm not a, a nuclear physicist, so I'm sorry. I don't know the physics behind it. Yeah. But what yeah. does it say about that? Have you looked at that? Yeah, or? I've looked at it. I've not found anything w with any kind of rigor that says it's necessarily necessarily better for you. It's a lighter water, and because it's a little so, less hydrogen heavy, well, which is about the I've, heaviness I've of it. I've actually written about the benefits of hydrogen water. Yeah. So, so there's, there's something about hydrogen water, but yeah. that's not... I don't know if that's deuterium-depleted hydrogen. Okay, okay. So something about the anatomical structure of the hydrogen that adds or lends to the... You mean the, the atomic structure. The atomic structure right, right, to the... Thank right, you. Right, to the That lends to the deuterium. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so, it's, it's like... I don't know. Are we regularly drinking heavy water out of the tap? How do we know what water we're drinking? Is it deuterium depleted? That that would be that would be my question as well. I think I'm if we drank finding... heavy water, we would be like lighting up like Christmas trees because it's right? like radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Oh, I mean, maybe if we have a physicist who yeah. listens to us, and surely among our millions of listeners, there must be a physicist or two. Or a or a chemist chemistry yeah. professor who can enlighten us about what deuterium depleted water yes. is and what its conceivable health potential yeah. would might be. Yeah. yeah. But 
Doesn't, Lionel, yeah. It sounds like kind of a gimmick to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is on the uh, uh, on the same field as, as Dr. Hoffman Knows Everything, which is why Lionel <laughs> sent, sent this question okay. to us. So okay. here we are. But there you go, Lionel. Okay. Uh, well, let's see what else comes down the, the pike about this lighter water. Uh, here's one that's a little more relevant from Daniel. Hello, Dr. Hoffman. I'm, I'm an avid listener. I'm thankful that you've devoted your life and career to teach and to heal your patients. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah. I'm very concerned about the mercury level in my blood. A recent test showed a mercury concentration of 28 Okay. So micro... Let, so I let's believe. look at yeah. uh, normal blood mercury. I'm going to look at the ranges. Yeah. yeah. Because that's high. I want it to see is. how high that is. I think it the, should be less than ten. I think it's less than ten. Or less than eight. Well, the mercury concentration in whole blood should be less than ten micrograms per liter. Mm. But the value of twenty or below is considered normal. The blood mercury concentration can rise to thirty-five after long-term exposure to mercury vapor. Oof. But okay. I would say that is too high. Okay. Well, Daniel says I don't eat meat. But do consume fish. Oh, that's the problem. Especially salmon and tuna. That's the problem. Yes. That I know are the likely reason for the high mercury level. I realize accumulation... Not so much salmon. Not salmon. Salmon, if it's farmed, it's more about PCBs. But yes. wild salmon is just fine. Very, right. very, very low in, right. in mercury. But tuna would be higher. Yes. Uh, I realize that chelation therapy may be helpful. But since it's not covered by my insurance, it's not an option. How can I detox myself? Intravenous chelation is not that helpful for mercury. Ah. But there is a a chelating agent called DMSA, dimethyl something acid, um, which is available orally. Mm -hmm. It used to be available over the counter. They stopped it being available over the counter. Now it must be prescribed. If this guy were a patient, Mm -hmm. I would prescribe that for him. And I would also uh, prescribe... Uh, sulfate, uh, uh, high sulfur compounds yes. like MSM, MSM. alpha lipoic acid, yeah. uh, garlic. Yeah. You know, these are, they have allyl, it's called right. allyl compounds. What, what do you think of chlorophyll? What do you think of metalloclear? Metalloclear, um, uh, there's a substance there that can be helpful. Chlorella, blah, blah, Chlor- blah. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can I detoxify myself since it's the primary source of well, protein one, in my stop. diet? Number one, You stop. need to stop, Daniel. Stop the tuna, and your salmon should only be wild. Yeah. Only be wild. Unfortunately, it's damn expensive. It, it, that's true, too. Move to Seattle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Move to Seattle or Vancouver. So, Daniel, you <laughs> want to stop eating tuna. If you were eating shark, stop that. Swordfish, orange roughy, marlin, Tilefish and king mackerel. Whoa. These are the, se- the you, seven highest. You expanded highest. that list. Yeah, these mm. are the seven highest mm-hmm. in uh, mm-hmm. in mercury, mercury that you want to be careful of. And you know, maybe taking a little additional selenium. Selenium mm-hmm. is helpful. Yes. yes. Uh, some proponents who selenium. say, "Oh no, it's okay. You could eat all that fish because the selenium in there washes out the." No, no, not necessarily. No. Daniel is proof, as are other people who eat a lot of seafood and their mercury level Mm -hmm. goes up. And they think they're doing a healthy thing. Unfortunately, in today's environment, not so much. Yeah, I like that selenium suggestion, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something. Um, Maybe even, you know, like, there is something about also detox mm -hmm. pathways, you know, glutathione support and acetylcysteine. You know, these are things that can help uh, the body mobilize mercury. True, true. And Daniel, you, you know, you need amino acids 
for your phases of detox as well. Maybe you want to reevaluate your only eating seafood for protein stands. At least include hemp as a complete protein. Okay. Maybe consider some poultry, some red meat from time to maybe time. Maybe this guy doesn't want to eat vertebrates. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. Well, the fish are vertebrates, actually, but that doesn't want to eat, like, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. higher order yeah. uh, animals. But, Daniel, you must absolutely stop eating tuna and other seafood. You know, I went to a, 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 a seminar, I almost said webinar, this was many, many years ago, at least a decade ago, of a doctor... Blum, B-L-U-M. She's up in oh, Westchester Oh, I know. I've County. interviewed her. Yeah, I sure. forget her first name. Yeah, anyway, yeah. and she did the same experiment on herself. She stopped I eating meat. I think it's Deborah Blum. I think. I think. I, I thought it was like a Susan. Oh, Susan Blum. Susan Blum. Yeah, I think she went. Anyways, she'd stopped eating meat yeah. and went solely to seafood. And even though she was eating clean seafood, clean seafood meaning not tuna, she watched her mercury level go right back up. So this is a problem. This is a problem with, uh, there we go, there we go. So, yeah, Daniel, you have to reevaluate. Um, Dr. Susan Blum, you're correct. Dr. Yep. Susan mm -hmm. Blum, you have to reevaluate your protein sources. She has a center up in Westchester. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. All right. So, oh, and by the way, having a blood level of a 28, right, when it should be below 10 yeah. or 8. But here's the other thing. But Daniel... The mercury doesn't hang out in the circulation. It's actually spilling off yes. from places like your bones, your brain, your organs, yes. your muscles, all of that. That's why a real mercury test is a urine toxic metal. Would provoke. Uh, urine provoked. Uh, provoked. Provoked. Urine collection. Actually chelates you and pushes yes. out some mercury. Yes. So a, a more subtle way of finding if you're mercury intoxicated, but not as well acknowledged. I mean, this right. might be acknowledged by a conventional doctor. Uh, is to do the provocation test, which yeah. we sometimes do, to see if people, you know, they say, you know, I'm not feeling well and I've been eating a lot of seafood. Let's see if you really are high in mercury. The blood yeah. test is a little borderline. It's like, a, I don't know, an 11 or something. Mm. And then we do a provocation and we see like, oh my goodness, look at all this mercury spilling out of you. You have a yeah. ton of mercury stored in your body. Yeah. So the thing to really think about when we see a blood level like this is, wow, this is spillage. Yes. This is real spillage. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just... Hang out there. It's 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 been stored up. So just a question too is is could it be an acute effect? Could it be like you just had a tuna sandwich and you know that's possible yeah. too. That, so it, like if you just had a, a a lot of raw shellfish like oysters mm -hmm. and you go get a blood test for arsenic the next mm -hmm. day, you may be high in arsenic. Yeah, you you're killing me because I'm going to have sushi oh, tonight. I know. I'm yeah, have and sushi I love tonight. oysters and I love sushi I'm and all have that. Sushi but, but it's rare I'll order the tuna. Right. Yeah, I, I really go easy on the tuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel, there's another source of mercury. It could be the silver fillings in your teeth. That too. That's a primary source. Right. Is silver fillings and the seafood that you're choosing. Yep. So if you've got a mouthful of silver, you know, you there, have to think about actually, that. They're um, actually um, dentists who are integrative holistic yeah. dentists who can actually measure the amount of outgassing of the mercury. But even without that, you can actually yeah. do a computation because it's about the surface area that's that's silver. Yeah. And if you have a lot of surface area in the silver, mm -hmm. it it's just a mathematical equation. That's um, the amount of mercury that's going to leach out of your mercury-silver amalgams yeah. on a regular basis, right. slowly, insidiously into your system. And don't go running back to your conventional dentist to we'll have them removed because no. you're going to get 
yeah. even more mercury yeah. toxicity because yeah. they're not doing it, it has correctly. To be correctly. It has to be removed correctly. A holistic or a biological dentist mm -hmm. will know better how to do that yeah. than your. <clears throat> it's like it's like yeah. asbestos abatement. It's a, it's an yeah. art. You can't just tear it out. Right. Yeah. You got a hazmat. You got to do reverse. Um, yeah. Oxygen, air, reverse pressure, whatever reverse it is, pressure, negative pressure, negative pressure, you know, to, and all that kind of thing. So, because otherwise you, go, you just inhale it. Right, right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, let's see. We've got a question here from Tom. If someone was considering trying the carnivore slash keto diet, along with some form of fasting, just as a general lifestyle. What would your reservations be? That's a really good question. It is. Because there are some people who, and they always used to say this, you know, you worked at Atkins, and they would say, yeah, yeah, sure, the Atkins diet makes you lose weight, but it's going to kill you. Yeah. It's going to oh, kill you. That is so old. Right. It's so debunked. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you'll be, you'll be like, a, like a svelte corpse. <laughs> you know, that was the knock on the Atkins yeah, diet. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it so yeah. but then more studies were done and it found that people on the Atkins diet long term had really good lipids. Yes. I don't think the ultimate study has been done, which is like a thirty, forty year follow up who yes. people who start in middle age right. on the Atkins diet. I don't think that study is has been done or is even feasible. Yeah. Uh but mm -hmm. uh I predict that it would show that it is, doesn't have an adverse effect. Yeah. Now, some people will say, oh my God, there are people who go on a carnivore diet mm -hmm. and their LDL goes way up. Yeah. And their yeah. ApoB goes up. And these we know are associated with cardiovascular yeah. risk, but not inevitably. Right. And right. let's say you go on a, on a diet, you lose 35 pounds, mm -hmm. and your, your LDL goes up. And your ApoB goes up, but you're no longer hypertensive and you're no longer diabetic. And you're no longer insulin resistant and you're no longer, you no longer, exactly. No longer inflamed. You don't have high blood pressure anymore. Yeah. There's a whole lot of good things that happen. So the net effect might be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. And, and you may no longer have that autoimmune condition that's been hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. Being all pesky. But, but I'm saying, for, let's just look at cardiovascular alone, right. is they'll say yeah. that it's bad for the heart because mm -hmm. it's got cholesterol and saturated fat. But more and more studies are showing that you can have umpty ump amount of whole dairy and you yeah. have umpty ump amount of uh, cholesterol rich, saturated fat yeah. rich meat. And yeah. it, do, it is not the decisive risk factor for not. cardiovascular disease. It is not. So um, I don't. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, A I'm carnivore be, keto can be very, very therapeutic. And doing a fast from time to time is also very therapeutic because of autophagy. Right. Once again, that may be beneficial. I know there are some practitioners out there who maybe every week or two, they may go on a 24 to 36 hour fast or something. You're drinking water. You're not getting dehydrated. You're drinking water oh. to here's, help. Here's a tip. Is if you're going on a keto diet, take in more sodium. Take more salt. Yes. Because people so you can don't get, get the keto flu and you know you can actually They need to drink broths and things. Because it's very, very dehydrating. Again, yeah. you're not storing all that glycogen, all that carbohydrate. Yeah. It's very nicely Carbo dehydrating. Hydrate. Right. It's hydrate. Carbohydrate. We're packing on all right. that water right. and we need to see more cheekbones is mm -hmm. really what we need to see. <laughs> so that's what it could do for you, Tom. You want to make sure you're you're drinking some broth, you're not skimping on your electrolytes. 
Don't be afraid of your salt shaker when eating this way. I think it's a little genetic right. too. I think that some people have, uh, you know, I believe in ancestral diets. Yeah. And if your ancestry yeah. is from Nordic regions, you might do better on a, that type of diet right. than if you came from a place like uh, Iraq, you yeah. know, or the Middle East, you know, where they were eating uh, grain for for you know ten, twelve thousand years. You yes. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's. We have to look at genetics and sort of nutrigenomics, although mm. that's not really providing us with all the answers we need. Well, okay, that's all the time that we have for this week's uh, Q&A with Layla. And we want to wish you all a happy new year. Uh, it's been great spending the year with you. And I hope that you've enjoyed our podcast this year and will continue to do so in 2024. So all the best to you in terms of your health, in terms of your uh, well-being. Uh, and a wish for a prosperous, uh, peaceful, healthy world in 2024. Yes, amen. Thanks again. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I want to thank you for listening to the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast app and get new episodes automatically downloaded every weekday. And please give us a rating and review. It truly helps new people discover Intelligent Medicine. The Intelligent Medicine Podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. Finally, please visit drhoffman.com and discover everything intelligent medicine has to offer, including frequently updated unbiased health news and fully vetted product and supplement recommendations. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.